Hey everybody, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today it is the 12th of September, 2022. And on today's show, we focus on the Nebraska football head coaching vacancy and whether or not Big 12 coaches will be the target. I think we're pretty sure in saying that, yes, some will. And we'll kind of look at which guys from the Big 12, Nebraska, could target to be their next head coach and maybe the likelihood that those guys take the job. That is the focus of today's program. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Make sure you guys subscribe. Thank you all so much. We have hit 2,000 subscribers on YouTube. Thank you all for all of your all support. Uh, we're not done, though. We're going to keep this push. The goal was 2,000 by the end of September. All right, so the goal now is 2,500 by the end of September. We've got about 440 to go to get to that point. So thank you all for subscribing. But the goal now, 2,500 subscribers in the next uh, three weeks, a little bit under three weeks. Let's see if we can hit that benchmark. You guys have been awesome. I've enjoyed you guys so much. Have uh, you guys comment on the show, obviously subscribe to the show and like the show. And I, I really do appreciate all of you. So the push for 2,500 is on right now. Make sure you guys find us over at your podcast, YouTube. Make sure you find us on Twitter at LO Big 12. And you guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. All right. So we got the news yesterday on Sunday um, that Scott Frost had been relieved of his duties at the University of Nebraska. It felt like that could have been coming after their loss to Georgia Southern. Now, look, they were not exclusive in this, um, you know, in the club of losing to a Sunbelt team, but their loss was, you know, one of them. I mean, all three losses were profound for Notre Dame and, um, and also for Nebraska, but Nebraska one was just, I kind of, you know, another moment of proof of something that I think that we all knew beforehand, right? Uh, I think we all kind of realized that it was going to become the end of the tenure for one Scott Frost sooner or later. And um, this was the flashy hire, the native son that they went out and got, and it didn't work out for them. Uh, and, and so, so many people have given prognostications about what's wrong with Nebraska. What's it going to take to get back? And I want to lean on one of the folks that I work with. I work with him at, at Sirius XM, Tom Luganville. Thought he made a couple really good points. He says a couple things that have hurt Nebraska, and I, I do agree with this. Number one, the advent of cable television. You think about Nebraska's dominance, you know, throughout the you know the the late you know, the seventies, eighties, nineties, wherever it was, and they really were pretty singular because I actually think I saw Ted Roof made the comment about this today, uh, the Oklahoma defensive coordinator at his press conference. Oklahoma and Nebraska were always on TV whenever they played. You could always count on that. Nebraska was always on TV a lot. Right. Well, when cable television comes around and ESPN, you know, adds ESPN two and adds ESPN U, and they put games obviously not just on ABC and NBC Sports comes around. Well, not that as much, but Fox and Fox Sports One and all of these places now, you know, you can watch every single team. Uh, and and you couldn't watch every single team always before, probably 10 years ago or so, but you really can now, right? Nebraska got caught in that because they're, you know, one of the um, draws that they had was being one of the few teams that would be televised because of how good they were. And so I think 
whenever you talk about a draw for a family, you know, or, or whoever it is, um, that's a huge sticking point, right? You can watch your kid play on national television rather often because of that. So you think about that, okay, that's, that's a huge draw, right? And then television comes around and look, you know, teams are succeeding now without that, but Nebraska never really adjusted. It felt like from that. And they kind of still think of themselves as, you know, in some ways as old Nebraska, I'm not saying they completely think of themselves as old Nebraska. Um, also the other thing too, you know, Tom was telling us about was they did a study on, I think it was the 14 recruiting class that Nebraska had under Bo Pelini and the average amount of distance traveled for those guys to get to campus was like 900 miles, right? There's no recruiting hotbed near Nebraska. It's not the quality of football in the Dakotas, no offense to people who live there, is not great, right? Kansas City um, and St. Louis are kind of nearby. And also those teams that are really good, especially the latter ones, like they went into Texas and really that's where they that's where they could live. Actually, you get a lot of guys in the state of Texas. And so they're just not having that, 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 that's tougher to sell now, right? Southeast, everybody can drive. You can get there. It's pretty easy. Um, but now you can't sell it as like, there's just not as much proximity. And now you can watch everybody on television, like the advantage of saying, well, if you're going to come here from far away, you can watch us on, you can, you can watch your kids on TV. Like that's an advantage that everybody has. So, you know, once again, you can say, well, everybody else like that too. You know, so Nebraska should fit right in. Um, they should be able to take advantage of the fact that, you know, everybody can watch them. Yeah, but they're coming from the cable TV or the non-cable TV era, I should say. And, that you know, they were used to having that advantage. It got stripped away from them. And so kind of everybody being on TV is not much an advantage. And it's still, once again, like it's not going to help. They're not going to get more players all of a sudden closer to home because there just aren't as many players where Nebraska is closer to home. So when you went for a guy like a Scott Frost, and you think about, you know, where he comes from and kind of the flashy, um, the flashy come up for him at, at the University of Central Florida. Like, yeah, this is a guy who was a grad assistant at Nebraska, grad assistant at K-State, grad assistant at Northern Iowa, uh, you know, and, and then Oregon, Oregon, UCF, and then Nebraska. Like, so he has some roots that are there and obviously, you know, is the native son because he, he played football at Nebraska, but uh, no head coaching success to speak of in that region of the country. Right. And, and not, a, not, a, I mean, obviously a lot of success at UCF, but like not a ton to stand on. And it just, it, it made sense at the time. It felt really good, but that momentum just did not carry over. And so now you're at a point where, uh, you know, they should have beaten, they should have beaten Northwestern. They didn't. Um, they got housed on defense by Georgia Southern should not happen to a Nebraska. And now we're at a point where Scott Frost is gone. So these are the odds. And I saw that our, our friend Derek Johnson tweeted this today. He is the host of locked on Jayhawks. And he tweeted out this uh, list from the folks at bet online. You know, our partners here, Matt Campbell, uh, this is the odds the next, next coach. See Matt Campbell, Mickey Joseph, who's the interim. Mark Stoops, Bill O'Brien, Dave Clawson, Jim Leonard, uh, Lance Leipold, Urban Meyer, Deion Sanders, P.J. Fleck, Luke Fickle, Jonathan Smith, Matt Rule, and Indomitian Sue make th- makes that list uh, also, which I thought was, you know, I thought that was um, that was pretty funny. Uh, so you see Big 12 names on there. We see Matt Campbell. 
we see uh, obviously Lance Leipold, and then I actually am not seeing Chris Kleiman on this list, which I think was really dumb. But um, because I think he'd be like a really good candidate for this, so it's kind of odd that they wouldn't put him on here. But look, I think those are the three guys to look at, and also future coach Luke Fickle is on here. So once again, Campbell and then Leipold are the ones you're looking at that are from the current Big Twelve conference, uh, and then also you're looking at one Luke Fickle and Matt Rule, who was used to be in the Big Twelve conference. Uh, so kind of thinking about all of those right now, let's go, let's go through them all. Matt Campbell is the one that you look at. Number one, you think about Matt Campbell because of the success that he has had. They need somebody who's going to be a program builder. All right. They need to lower their expectations a little bit and understand where they're starting from. And what I like about Matt Campbell is that he has taken a program in Iowa state from, you know, really the ground floor here. I mean, like a modern, at least modern Iowa State and kind of just lifted them up in a very unique way ever since he came from Toledo, right? Three and nine then eight and five, eight and five, seven and six, nine and three in the year six bowl and then seven and six. Uh, and obviously now he's off to a two and zero start this year. And so w- the, the things I like and, and, you know, about this are, are that even even though last year was a disappointment, and it was a disappointment, 100 percent to make no mistake about it. Um, they should have been better than they were last year. Despite that, they're still checking off boxes at Iowa State. They're still ascending, right? So the way this works is, you know, you, you have the the consecutive, you know, the winning seasons. And then uh, I know it was a COVID year, but you get yourself in a really difficult year like that. You get an awesome group of players. You get yourself to a New Year's Six Bowl, and you win a New Year's Six Bowl. And I think even the fact that they had preseason expectations back in 2021 shows you like how impressive it is that he's built something like that there. Okay. The expectations aren't like that here this season, but guess what they just did. They just went to Iowa. And one of the things Matt Campbell could not do was get a win over Iowa. And he got a win with a quarterback making his second start. And the guy, you know, that offense led with a 21 play drive to go 99 yards, whatever it was and get that touchdown like that that is the that is a prime example like a tangible visual example of getting the monkey off your back like that is grit and grind and coaching and uh skill players i mean i talk about xavier hutchinson like like he was a guy who was so instrumental going out a guy like o'reilly moss and you watch a performance like that and you have to think to yourself wow man like I know it didn't work out last year. I know, I know the expectations were were sky high and they didn't break through, but he's come back the next year when a lot of questions are happening and goes to Iowa and gets one. And look, I know Iowa's not good this year, but Iowa State was trying to lose that football game. They said, no, no, we're not gonna do this. We're still gonna play good defense. We're, you know, we're, we're, they went down early and I was like, oh my God, we're doing this again, are we? We're, we're watching the same movie over again. And they said no. They said no, it's not gonna be like this. So when you're thinking about a program that's down and needs to climb up, I want somebody who's kind of like giving us benchmarks and checking boxes along the way. And Matt Campbell's done a lot of that. Do I think he'll have interest in this job? I I do. Um, you know, I think the one thing with realizing, I love you, Iowa State. I love your fans. You guys are awesome people. Go Cyclones. The one trump card that Nebraska has, and this applies to every other person we're going to talk about here, is that they're going to be having a hundred million dollar checks coming in basically yearly because they're in the big 10, right? Because they are in the big 10 and that television contract is so big. 
and you know they're still playing big games i mean they're gonna have that trump card so while their advantages have dwindled the one advantage they do have is the finances and you still think <laughs> like nebraska with scott frost man or excuse me nebraska with matt campbell like you're gonna take them over a lot of teams in the west and you're just seeing this right now in the big 10 west there is a definite definite gap being uh, or you know definite definite opportunity i should say in that big 10 west i mean you're thinking about the schools that we just saw this this past weekend right like northwestern is technically leading they're one and one right minnesota's two and off nice start i was one and one wisconsin had a bad loss illinois actually looked pretty good so far this year they're two and one purdue and then nebraska and you think about it like there is a chance there for a coach like a Matt Campbell in that division. Now, actually, they're probably going to get rid of their division soon, whatever. But like you think about the teams they always play, at least divisions right now, they can beat those schools. And even if there's no divisions, right, like they can be better than those schools with a coach that approaches this job the right way and who's got some chops. And ter- I mean, look like he's got a tremendous, tremendous defensive mind with them in the form of John Hecock. Like that guy is, is, is an awesome defensive mind. And we saw it once again on display this week and they can get um, they can get obviously skill position players and they can develop players at different levels like this. He's kind of the, the dream fit. I saw something from now. Look, well, once again, I do not want him to leave the conference. I do not want Matt Campbell to leave the conference. I want him to be here. And I'd already been accused once of trying to get rid of Matt Campbell, but like, uh, obviously there's a reason he's the odds on favorite. We have to acknowledge that this is something that could happen. I saw something from Dennis Dodd that said if Matt Campbell went six and six or seven and five, that would kind of preclude him maybe from getting the job. Like he needs to show up and do better. I don't necessarily like, I don't agree with that at all. This team, once again, is kind of um, some unknown quantities, the Iowa state team. And like, I, you know, I was kind of down on them. I think they're still going to go seven and five, six and six. I think they're still going to go to a bowl game now. Like I think that's really a definite possibility for Iowa state. And uh, when you think about that for them, like that's a successful season. You know, I, I forgot what the over under win total to start the year was. Um, they got one vote to win the Big Twelve, right? You know, you know there's, you know, they were what fifth or sixth place to start off the year, picked to finish sixth. So if they overperform that. Like I know Nebraska wants to be all the way up, all the way back, but it's not just something that happens overnight. And once again, with the resources that you have in Nebraska, like. It's not out of the question that Matt Campbell can take what he's doing at Iowa State and, and kind of build on it and improve it a little bit more when he goes to Nebraska. So I think for me, I definitely feel like this would be a good fit. And I think the idea that this, that seven and six, six, uh, seven and five, six and six would take him out of that, man. Like, I, I don't see that at all. I, I think you'd be ridiculous to, if you're, if you're Nebraska, at least, you're ridiculous to be like, well, that's, that's not good enough for what we want. I mean, what happens if, if, if uh, you know, if things for Luke Fickle take a step back this year? Like, you're going to say, no, all of a sudden he's not a good coach anymore? No. You have to understand the context of where he is and what he's doing, and now he's building winning seasons over and over and over and over and over again, making that the expectation somewhere. Look, I know Nebraska's got separate expectations, but you're not good now. You're not a good program right now. You're just not. You've got history. You're in a location where Matt Campbell come in and do well, but you're not doing well right now. You've got to build. You've got to set – set benchmarks you got to check off those boxes and eventually get there and that kind of takes me to the next part of things where we go to the next big 12 coach lance leipold is 10 to 1 on this list right now also mickey joseph once again he's the interim so that's why he is right there listed at nine to two um lance leipold 
fits a lot of that as well. Also, once again, uh, for Matt Campbell, just to kind of finish off on that point, he's been the head coach at Toledo and he's been the head coach at Iowa State and he's coached at Bowling Green Mountain Union um, and he's from Ohio. So, like, <laughs> he's about as Midwest. <laughs> like, if you went Midwest, man, that's that's your guy right there. Um, another guy who is a really good builder, developer, all the things we've been talking about right here, Lance Leipold. Now, look, this is not just because of what Kansas is doing right now. But when you when you think about Lance Leipold and what he did, obviously a lot of success at Wisconsin Whitewater, right? That is, uh, you know, very well known. He's been at uh, Nebraska. Uh, oh, excuse me, Wisconsin as GA, Nebraska Omaha as an assistant, um, and then also uh, you know his time at Wisconsin Whitewater stuff of legends, Buffalo, and then Kansas. And you think about what he did. Uh, you know, the Wisconsin Whitewater record is just gone. 109 and six, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six national championships during his time there goes to Buffalo five and seven, two and 10, but then six and six, 10 and four, eight and five and six and one during his time there. What does he do? He builds it up and he can capitalize on big seasons. And like once, you know, Maybe the guys like Matt Campbell and Lance Leipold will hit a ceiling. Maybe they'll do that. I think this is one thing I haven't mentioned yet that I should be mentioning. Maybe these guys hit a ceiling short sure, Nebraska, but you have to get there first to like, to like be able to like hit that ceiling, push the ceiling. Like, hey, okay. We gotta, to get to a point where you got to figure out if there's a ceiling, you got to get to that point first, right? Like if you're, you know, if you're like, well, I'm not sure about Matt Campbell's upside. Yeah, but you're nowhere near achieving what Matt Campbell's Iowa State teams are. You're not going to bowl games. You're not getting. I mean, think about uh, Scott Frost's record while he was at Nebraska: um, four and eight, five and seven, three and five, three and nine, one and two. He's sixteen and thirty-one total. Like Nebraska was not in shape to make. You know, and they weren't making bowl games under Scott Frost. You have to readjust your expectations. People putting Nebraska at ten and two this year out of their minds. I, I I don't like doing that stuff, you know, be like, you know, because, you know, obviously I could be wrong by poo-pooing stuff like that, but like, let's be honest. Like I love Casey Thompson. I'm a huge Casey Thompson fan. I want to see him do well, but what last year, it wasn't just Adrian Martinez's fault that they were bad. Like that was not a winning football team. And all of a sudden, you know, you make some changes on that team personnel wise and, and coaching wise. And, and, and what we're going to flip this thing around, bring in Mark Whipple, like the, all of a sudden the offense is going to be great. And you know, their offense actually is pretty good. The defense is like really bad. Had. it's kind of there is the, the defense has been awful for them um but like that was just going to change everything like no this stuff takes time now i think scott frost has had the appropriate amount of time i'm not saying he was the guy to fix it but you have to be okay with the time that it takes and like lance leipold is a guy when you talk about incremental steps i mean the incremental steps last year it was like okay beating texas everybody talked about it but it was the fact that they were competitive in the games that followed that they were competitive against West Virginia. They were competitive against um, uh, TCU. And when I go back and I look at them in the beginning of the season, their game against Coastal, their game against Duke, they were only competitive in the first half of those games. So, like, they went from in a single season where they didn't have the coach before showing you progress because they were more well-organized. And then they took they beat Texas, with obviously a down Texas, but a lot of talent in that team. And they go and they just hang, you know, 50 whatever points it was on them. And then now you fast forward to this year. Robbie and I talked about it last week in their game against Tennessee Tech. You looked like a power five team. And against South Dakota last year, your, F uh, your FCS opponent, 
you didn't do that. So that's a difference. And then you go to West Virginia in that game and you, you succeed the way you did. Like they might win three or four games this year. And I mean, if you're a Nebraska fan, you might say, Oh yuck. Like, I don't want that. That's not flashy, whatever. But where is the, where is, where, show me where the lack of incremental progress is. Like, sure, you should have white water and started winning, whatever. It's fine. Buffalo is up, then, you know, is down, kind of average, whatever, first year, then really down. And then, like, that thing got built up and they started being playing really well and then doing, you know, very well for themselves. Like, this guy's track record of, of improving a team is there. And that's what Nebraska needs. They don't need flash. They don't need the sexy hire. They need guys who are proven builders. That's what gets us to our next guy, Chris Kleiman. I'm surprised he's not on on this list. And I think I think Dennis Dodd did list him as a uh, as a possible replacement. But you think about this guy, success at a different level at North Dakota State. Knows what it's like to win championships. He's got four of them and lost in a semifinal, six nine and six in those years. Eight and five in year one, four and six, eight and five, and now two and zero. Oh. And I want to talk about this Kansas State team that he's built right now. Like this team is a good example of what happens when you build. And I don't know about Kansas State's offense. Um, they can surely run the ball this year. They really can. But he's built a defense that's got star players on all three levels of it. They have good depth. They tackle well. They do everything that you'd ask a a defense to do. And when you saw them thrash the Missouri this week. It was off the back of that defense. They've created a team that, you know, much like, and we're going to talk about more, more about this later on this week, but the Baylors of the world, the Oklahoma State of the world, like this was what their team looked like last year. And on the offense, I'm not 100% sold, but good Lord, that defense can get after the passer. They can stop the run. They can get to the flat. They can turn you over. They tackle well. Um, I'm not sure what else I'm asking for from this Kansas State defense. And that's because he's built uh, built this team up to that point. And so when you talk about a guy that's a builder, like he has built something that's really impressive. Now, look, you know, I know he's, you know, he's five and, uh, or let me go back to double check here what I was looking at. Um, you know, four and six was in there. Sure, that was a COVID year in 2020, though. So kinda, you kind of have to get the pass. But eight and five, a couple eight and fives in there. Um, and then now a two and zero oh on a season where you really feel like this could come together because you've got some special players at some special positions. I mean, this team is so well crafted. Obviously, I've got a lot of questions still about Adrian Martinez, the quarterback, but think about the running back that is back there, Deuce Vaughn, how good he is. Think about the fact in special teams, they got a guy in Phil Brooks and guys like Malik Knowles who can hit explosive plays for you when you need them. You know, uh, once again, Martinez, at least in the quarterback running game, like there are four weapons I just mentioned that are actual legitimate weapons. And then the defense, once again, well-constructed. This team will get tested, it will get pushed, but – if you're Nebraska, you would love to have a team like this. You'd love to have a team that is built off of some core values. Yeah, they want to fat, they want to run faster. Right? They want to go up more tempo. They always want to do more and more. And there are holes and flaws in every team. All right. But this this is what building looks like. Like, look at what Iowa State's doing now. Iowa State has had that group of guys they had last year age out, right? And the big question is, okay, uh, you know, can you keep it rolling? Well, they hadn't beat Iowa, and with a group of guys, I know there's still Xavier Hutchinson, and he's awesome, and he's amazing. I know there's still McDonald. There's still some guys left over. But, like, it's a new quarterback, man. It's a new, brand new quarterback. It's not all the same guys that we talked about before. And they went to Iowa City, and they got the job done. Uh, we talked to John Walters last week, the Iowa State play-by-play guy, and he's like, there's actually not a ton of guys 
on this roster. I think there was like, you know, two or three maybe who had played snaps in Iowa City before, who had played games there. And, and that fresh new group went there and got the monkey off the back of Matt Campbell. And that's a lot of that has to do with coaching, uh, how well motivated and how good that team was. So I, I think that that is something that we need to consider here with like all this, like Nebraska fans seem to have this idea that it's supposed to, to come easy, evenly to them, easily to them. Hey everyone, quick break in the action today. Let you all know that we are brought to you by Upside. Upside is the best way to save money on a lot of your daily purchases from cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, download the free Upside app, use my promo code LOCK, that's L-O-C-K-E-D, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and get paid in comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs you earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the app store. So once again, download the free upside app, use the promo code locked L O C K E D to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code locked. And I had somebody reply to me on Twitter, not going to say whoever it was um, yesterday, but I got, I was talking to somebody on Twitter about like, you know, who they would want. And there were so many things, you know, people want Urban Meyer and Matt Rule. Like Matt Rule is an NFL job. He's not going to give up the job until it goes so sideways that he has to give up the job. I'm not saying he wouldn't go to Nebraska, but like, he's not taking that job right now. And Urban Meyer, I mean, he's a great college coach, but look, I'm not 100% sure. Like I, I think maybe the game and how you treat people, I know it's not been long since he's been out, but it could have passed him by. And do you want the baggage that comes with an Urban Meyer at Nebraska right now? There are good options that are around you. And look, I don't want any of these Big 12 coaches to go. I, I really don't. But I mean, it would be ridiculous if you're in Nebraska not to call the guys we talked about. And another guy we talked about too is Luke Fickle. You'd be, uh, I, you know, I the one these were insane, but like it'd be crazy not to call Luke Fickle after all the success that he has had. Now, Look, I think these guys, uh, I think maybe Luke Fickle and maybe a Matt Campbell, like they have, I mean, those are guys, you know, we've heard about talking to NFL teams or whatever, and they're definitely trying to find the right jobs for them. Um, I think that there'd be some interest there with these guys in that job. But like, you know, that Nebraska job, man, it's not as good as you all think. And so I think they have to, I think Nebraska fans need to humble themselves a bit and they'd be really lucky to have any of those three coaches I just mentioned because they fit that Midwestern building, uh, a program builder that they clearly need right now. Guys who have had head coaching success in this part of the country and know how to recruit and develop and coach and get the next group in, get the next group in, and peak occasionally. Nebraska's not going to peak every year now. They're just not there. They, they haven't peaked in the last five years once in the last five years under Scott Frost and they want to get back to where Bo Pelini was. And I know he was, you know, he was having some really good seasons. 
Um, they, I mean, to find a guy like that, I think the best chance they have with a lot of resources, once again, is going to be one of these guys. Give one of these awesome builders a lot of resources and watch how far it takes you. And if they end up hitting a ceiling eventually, they hit that ceiling and you make the change when it happens, but you have to get there and figure that out first. And they have not gotten there. They have not figured that out first. They have to get there. Last guy, once again, Matt Rule, I'll, I'll just touch on that really fast. Um, the, the Once again, with the, with the what we had mentioned before, uh, Matt Rule, 20 to 1, like he is, the reason why he's 20 to 1, I mean, he would, I don't think he'd off the bat take that job. Like, sure, if, if it becomes clear the Panthers are going to move on from him, then yeah, maybe you make that choice. But I think until then, obviously, he's an NFL head coach and it's kind of a dream. And so we'll see what happens in that situation. But uh, Chris Kleiman not being on the odds here. And I'm going to double check one more time just because I cannot believe he was on here. Yeah, there's, or he's not on here. So no Chris Kleiman on this list. I know he's. I know he's not been the tech, you know, at, at Kansas State for a super long time, and I'm not always sure that matters. I know Lance Leipold hasn't been at KU for very long time, um, but still, that you know, for guys who are a little bit older, Kleiman and and Lance Leipold especially, like there is a bit more of Nebraska meaning something to them. Uh, Lance Leipold is 58. Chris Kleiman is 54. Right, so not like crazy, crazy old, but they are older. So, uh, you know, once again, that's not going to be the electric hire that these Nebraska fans want or hope for. But, I mean, if you're a coach and they have those kinds of resources, it's a lot of security, right? I mean, being in the Big Ten right now is a lot of security. And, I mean, you all watch the podcast, you know, I'm a pro Big 12 guy, but there's a lot of security. And Nebraska, in terms of, like, what they can offer with money and whatnot, I mean, it, it's it's going to be a step up from some of these places just because it's staggering the amount of money and support that they have and support that they have from fan base boosters, whatever. Uh, so I, I, you know, they don't call these guys good. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad because I want them to remain in the league and in and around the league. Uh, but I, if I were them, I'd call, maybe they have their, I mean, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe they have their sights set on better coaches, not better coaches, but other coaches, in the big 12, like Mike Gundy or Dave Aranda. I, I do not see that happening. I, I know Dave Aranda signed the extension. I don't see him leaving. Mike Gundy is, Feels like it's a lifer. I mean, we know he's publicly flirted with other jobs before, but I would not. If I were him. It's too late in his career to go. Um, I think, like, you know, leave a leave what he has built already and go build something else. You know, for for Chris Kleiman and 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 Matt Campbell, like like Mike Gundy has already built essentially what you want to build in Nebraska, and and that, I'm saying that because I'm not sure Nebraska's peak in 2022 and 2022 and beyond is higher than what Oklahoma State's peak is. I mean, think about it right now. Oklahoma State's a top 10 team. Uh, I'm not sure this group is, but he was in the Big 12 championship game last year. He wins at least eight games every single season. He's an amazing coach. We all know this. So if I'm Mike Gundy, I'm not taking that job. I might leverage that to get more money, but I'm not taking that job just because it's like, you know, I'm not sure I want to hit the reset button. I kind of want something that's already more established if I were to leave Oklahoma State. So uh, maybe they have maybe they have eyes for those guys. I do not know. Uh, but I think that they'll try to swing pretty for the fences. They should take some time on this, obviously. Um, Urban Meyer is going to get brought up. I definitely think the Big 12 guys will get brought up. It'll just be interesting to see if they their interest in them. All right, that will do it for today's show. Some more takes on the weekend will be coming up on tomorrow's show with Robbie Triano. Some takeaways, some things to look forward to. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show or podcast and on YouTube as well. Make sure you guys subscribe. Let's get that push to 2,500. Going almost at 25K. Get that push going to 2,500 
right now. Thank you guys so much. Till next time, as always, stay safe.